hello again and welcome to the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. I'm your host, Gene Fleming. It's so good to have you listening today, and I hope you're having a great summer. This week we anticipate having temperatures in the high 90s, and sometimes I wish those weathercasters wouldn't even tell me what the heat index is. You know, they say, well, it's going to be 96 today, but it's going to feel like 105. Well, that doesn't make me feel better. And uh, so let's talk about summertime exercise just a little bit. And, uh, and this week, there have been a lot of conversations about electrolytes and uh, hydration. And uh, there's something I want to tell you. You know, uh, personally, as long as you're drinking plenty of water and you're eating a really healthy diet, you know, it's not something you're going to have to worry about excessively, uh, the electrolyte thing. But, uh, you know, I have no objection to somebody that's getting ready to go out and try to run a, a 5K, 10K, or a half marathon, something like that. If that person feels the need to uh, take supplemental electrolytes, uh, drink lemon in their water, um, you know, um, you know I, or drink a product like Gatorade, uh, I have no objection to that. Um, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to hope that most of us wouldn't re- re- rely solely on very sugary uh, sports drinks for uh, hydration. Though, you know, drink water, and then you know, before or during a uh, you know specific uh, running event, you know, drink your Gatorade then because you're going to burn right through that sugar and uh, and those electro- electrolytes. Uh, however trace and quantity they are in those products will be present in your body and that's for the sole purpose of helping helping you sweat and um, last night I went out for a run and, and, and I say last night because it was it was all almost dark when I uh, got my shoes on and headed out and uh, and uh, I uh, I looked at the temperature, you know, because, you know, I'm not a big fan of running when it's 90 degrees or hotter. But, you know, by the time the sun had gone down, the temperature dropped off a good, you know, five, six, eight degrees, something like that. And uh, the outside temperature was about 85, 86, 87 degrees. And one thing I didn't really consider that much was what the ground temperature was. Now, up where my thermometer was on my carport uh, wall... It said 85, but as I turned out the driveway and began running down the street and and working my way over to the golf course, um, I realized right away and very quickly right away that the temperature of the asphalt hadn't cooled down much at all. Uh, You know, it was probably 95 degrees down uh, by my feet and under my feet. It might have still been 100 degrees, and that heat was rising, so... Even though on my carport it said 85 degrees, uh, out there where I was running, it wasn't 85 degrees. It was more like 91 or something like that. And the humidity was just off the charts. Now, sometimes I can go out here and run, you know, especially in the spring um, when the nighttime temperatures are, you know, down into the, um, you know, 50s and it's real comfortable during the day, you know, temperatures in the 70s. I can go run during any of those times. And sometimes I barely even break a sweat. And, uh, you know, my wife is always uh, monitoring me when I come in from one of these uh, vigorous outdoor physical activities, whether it's yard work or running. 
and and she'll say, uh, you know, are you drinking enough water? And yes, dear, yes, dear, I'm drinking enough water. Uh, don't you think you need to take a break and come in out of the heat for a while? Well, uh, part of my conditioning for you know uh, racing is to be able to handle the heat, and the only way I can adapt to get used to what it takes is by getting out there and being active in it. Now, I don't recommend this for a beginner. You know, you know, you know. July is not the time to decide to take up running in the middle of the day or the middle of the afternoon, if you if you're not a conditioned person. And you know, just because you're conditioned doesn't mean you're not susceptible to the heat. You know, uh, we all have our thresholds, and you know, it, cha- it varies with uh, how much we weigh, and um, how old we are, uh, how well nourished we are, how well hydrated we are. So many factors, and until you know for a fact that you can handle a brisk walk in 90 degrees, you know, keep your walk short. You know, 15 minutes, maybe one in the morning and one in the afternoon, or or, or keep your runs uh, short. You know, uh, make sure you're hydrated, especially right before you go out the door. And the one thing we want to look for is um, when it's hot enough to sweat everybody should sweat and if you're not sweating there's a problem you know and if any time you're out um, engaging in this extreme hot weather I don't care if you're at the beach or at the river or at the lake or wherever you're at uh, you know if uh, if you're not sweating some in extreme heat and or you're feeling faint or dizzy or you feel like you're having difficulty breathing you know you need to get to a cool place uh, get in the shade, you know, get indoors, um, cool down, and uh, and make sure that you're amply hydrated. And um, you know, and, and and we really don't recommend that you drink ice cold water at, at points like that. If you think you're already overheated, drink cool water, but 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 not necessarily ice water. And that'd be more. It'd be better for you to continue sweating if you are sweating and sit under a fan in the shade or come inside in the air conditioning and uh, you know and 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 take off your excess clothing and, and allow your body to cool down slowly unfortunately i lost a classmate not long after we graduated from high school and those of you that uh, i went to high school with you'll you'll remember the case uh, young man he wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, very far into his 20s had a heat stroke and, and these things happen when we're underhydrated or we've um, I've spent too long in the heat and our bodies are not fully adapted to prolonged periods of heat so that's the cautionary warning right there and um, you know take it to heart don't take risk um, and one of the things that I do it may sound silly I'd rather run around the block you know circling my own neighborhood close to the house uh, for my own good because most of us runners we run alone now there's running clubs in Gadsden and other places nearby but most of the time, those of us that train for events, we run alone. And, you know, if you go splat out there, you know, two miles from the house, you're, you're kind of counting on the mercy of strangers or your phone being able to get a signal and, and dial in 911 or maybe even being conscious to do that. So uh, <clears throat> I can run about a half mile loop right here at the house. I don't have to get far away from home or uh, are much out of sight of of my immediate neighbors and friends, and uh, so you know that's kind of a built-in safety factor for me.
And, um, and of course, because I run at night, I often wear lighting. I wear reflective clothing, reflective shoes, and uh, I wear very light colored clothing, clothing usually uh, a fluorescent type color, an orange or a chartreuse or something like that. It looks crazy or even white and I always wear a white hat so if you come through Fort Payne and you see a guy running with a white hat on you can just about guarantee yourself it, it's probably me and because uh, I won't be running real fast but I'll be running long and far. So anyway that's about running in this heat and, and doing really doing anything else out in the heat from yard work to you name it uh, playing golf and uh, for those of you that are golfers um, you know, uh, golfing is a social sport and, uh, and, uh, you know, the heat is still the same for you and, and really an alcoholic beverage is, is not the best way to replenish, um, your fluid levels in your body. And I'm just going to let that fall where it may, uh, if it applies to you, uh, you know, and you do that sort of thing, well, take some water with you too and make sure you're first hydrated with water because it's it's just what your body needs and knows exactly what to do with so that's summertime we've got the heat to contend with and and, and i'm going to say this just because i've gotten to see this amazing guy named dr chung for the last few years and every time i see dr chung he's a dermatologist and he finds something to burn or cut off of me in the form of uh, skin cancers or precancerous spots on my body and uh, I was always a sun kid when I was growing up I was a scuba diver and a snorkeler and a spear fisherman and a swimmer and a beach goer and and uh, you know and I don't think in the 70s any of us really thought about the importance of sunscreen we were just working on tans and if I had it to do over again, <laughs> you know, I, I would have used sunscreen. So uh, if you're going to spend some time in the direct sunlight, uh, especially if you don't do it often, uh, please don't forget your sunscreen. It, it, it's all good when you tan up and you look good, you know, and, you know, and all of that. But when you get up here in your in, in, you know, late 50s and 60s and they start burning and cutting stuff off of you, uh, that's not fun. That's not fun. And, and uh, you know, so now if if uh, if I look at myself in the bathroom mirror uh, with my shirt off, I have scars from where they've scooped out uh, these precancers and cancers on my chest. And it doesn't make for a good look. So you get my drift. Fortunately, I've had nothing like melanoma or anything like that, but uh, still the risk factors there. So with this heat and the summertime weather, just take care of yourself. I still want you to get your exercise, and it might be the perfect time to find yourself a good gym with a great air conditioner. And uh, and then you know there's people present. You can you can run and sweat and still stay hydrated, but run, sweat, get your workout on, get your heart level up, get some good cardiovascular exercise, throw some weights around, work on some machines, get your strength up, and take really good care of you. Now I'm going to shift subjects all of a sudden, just because I like to live transparently, and as a as a fitness a coach and a trainer, I like to you know, sometimes share things that are going on in my personal life that, uh, you know, some people say, well, he don't need to tell us about that. But I went to my doctor today. And 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 one of the reasons I had to go, it was, it was, it was just a routine visit. And, 
you know, and, and I'm proud to say that I'm on absolutely zero prescription medications and I'm, I'm turning 62 this fall. So I've gotten a lot of this health and fitness stuff down pat. And I wish that somebody had told me when I was pre-diabetic and I was starting to have heart problems and I was starting to have sleep problems and I was starting to have obesity problems that uh, I needed to go ahead and start eating and living as if I were already diabetic. Uh, but I didn't. I, I didn't know to do that. Nobody told me that uh, all these things that were going on with my body were interrelated from pain to headaches to a growing waistline to uh, congestive heart failure to neuropathy in my legs. Nobody said this is all tied together and it's going to get worse. And, and right now you're not on medication but it, for, for diabetes, but it's soon coming and uh, it's just going to get worse and you need to change your diet and you need to exercise, exercise, exercise. Um, you know, I've, I heard a, a top-notch uh, uh, doctor uh, on a broadcast this week who said, you know, it still holds true. We can't out-exercise a bad diet. But what if, what if we did some, let's just say entry-level strength training, uh, some light dumbbells, you know, five to ten pound dumbbells and we figured out a routine that we could do three times a week um, you know that's going to help you with any insulin problems that you do have you're going to be burn a few calories you're going to tone up a little bit it's not going to help you lose a massive amount of weight or anything like that but it's going to help you keep keep you strong going into your senior years and but it does have this positive uh, impact on our insulin levels you know, we don't just treat uh, one thing with our bodies because the body is a system. The best treatment of all, and I'm a firm believer in this, I'm going on 46 or 47 days now eating nothing but natural foods. It's hard, you know, I have to cook a lot, and, and, and but I usually cook sufficiently to have, you know, at least one good leftover meal from everything I cook. Um, but, you know, I feel great. Uh, I'm sleeping fairly well, and by fairly well for me, I mean about seven hours a night. And uh, I have the energy to teach and to work out with and instruct fitness clients. So I'm getting a lot of this right, but if somebody had told me in 2003 that I was heading into pre-diabetes and I had started treating myself with diet and exercise, I might would have saved myself 10 full years of misery and, and then having a massive amount of weight to lose and a massive uh, amount of health problems to contend with. But nobody told me, take this stuff serious. The fact that you're uh, having these symptoms in different parts of your body, uh, you're having pain in your legs that you didn't have before, you're having... Uh, an ever-increasing girth in your in your uh, midsection. Uh, you're having breathing problems when you sleep. You're having sleep apnea type issues when you sleep, and um, your sleep is now irregular. And you're having uh, consequential uh, bowel and stomach issues. 
nobody ever told me, nobody sat down with me and said, hey, Gene, this stuff is all interrelated. And if you will uh, quit making excuses for your addiction to uh, snack cakes and Doritos and Bluebell ice cream and uh, quit acting like a big spoiled child when you're sitting there watching Netflix every night, munching out on a, a whole bag of, uh, of, of chips or something, if you quit acting like a baby and stuff, but I like it, you know, and, and you, you, could, you don't have to get super sick. You don't have to get sick to the point that uh, you could die any night suddenly, just go into cardiac arrest, you know. But my doctors just wanted to give me more and more medication, you know. And, and so as I got worse, you know, I'd say, but doc, now this hurts, or now this doesn't work, or now I'm dizzy when I stand up, or now I've got these headaches, and now I gasp for breath when I climb a few stairs. Uh, you know, but nobody was putting that whole picture of the whole body health together. And, you know, if my doctor had slapped me, just just slapped me in the face and said, listen, son, if you don't start getting serious about your health now, you're going to be really, really sick in a few years. And then you may be too sick to ever get well again and to ever enjoy life again. He <laughs> so, well, he's supposed to have good bedside manner, and doctors are not supposed to talk to us like that. They're just supposed to say, "They're supposed to say, uh, Mr. Fleming, they, well, how are you feeling today?" And then you tell him everything, and and if he loves you, he'll give you a prescription. And you know, there's no telling how much toxicity I had and how much damage I was doing to my body by taking so many different medications for so many different things. At one time, I was putting a chemical storm inside my body that my liver is trying to figure out what to do with and my brain is trying to figure out what to do and my kidneys are trying to figure out what to do and, and, you know, and so I just got sicker and sicker. If you are that person who's, you know, 30, 35 years old and you're starting to feel uh, sicknesses and difficulty sleeping and breathing, even with uh, mental states and emotional states like depression or high levels of anxiety and uh, uh, generalized weakness, fatigue, uh, general malaise, uh, any of these things that these could be your warning signals now that it, it's really time to get serious because in 10 years, You'll be pricking your finger every day, and, and perhaps you'll be giving yourself injections in the belly because your your uh, pancreas has, has, has shut down. You're, you're not making insulin anymore, and and you know what that means. It means it means it means that you're stuck there, and, and and you're always going to be dependent on those medications for the rest of your life. And you know nobody ever told me that said well. You know, because I wasn't really worried about diabetes, and I, I didn't, I didn't think that was that bad. I knew a lot of people that had diabetes. I knew some of them that had uh, diabetes until they died. Well, son of a gun, they didn't have to die at age sixty-two. They might could have lived to eighty-two, but, but the diabetes got them. What I did not know was that uh, if if you're a pre-diabetic or diabetic, it's impacting your heart. I I, I just didn't know that. Nobody. You know, there seems like there would be a health seminar that we could go to that wasn't trying to maybe sell us supplements or something, 
that would say, okay, the neck bone's connected to the backbone and the backbone's connected to the hip bone, but instead take us through this, this biological uh, system called the human body and how these parts interact with each other. And so it's not just that I have a sugar problem, uh, I have a cholesterol problem and a heart problem and a liver problem and a kidney problem and all of these things combined together with functional issues and hormonal releases and, and things like that and you're going to get progressively sicker unless you do something now. Uh, and, and now is today. It's not, well, I'll see how this goes for the next you know, three or four years and maybe then I'll talk to my doctor about it. No, my friend, today is the day, now's the time. Uh, and if you're already having some of these symptoms, you know, the junk food's got to go, the exercise has to start. And, and I'm not talking about being obsessive about exercise like, you know, somebody like me, but getting that five workout sessions a week of good, vigorous, vigorous, something you have to push at exercise is just going to be good for your body. It's going to be good for your mind, your spirit, your soul, your constitution. Uh, it's good for your arthritis. It's so good for so many things. And then you've got to really consider what you're putting in your mouth. And, you know, I don't, I don't ever want anybody to feel guilty about eating a piece of birthday cake or having a small bowl of ice cream. You know, that's just living. But you know the foods that are obsessions for you. You know the difference between good, healthy food and, and high-fat, high-salt, high-sugar foods. And, and, and you know, say, oh, but it's so delicious. And, and, and you know that um, if you stop by a convenience store, there's no health food in there. There may be one or two bananas on the checkout, but really there's, there's no health food in a convenience store, and there's really no health food in any of the fast food chains. There's just not. And um, so I want to encourage you, while you're still young enough to turn the tide on this, uh, this combination of things that sneak up on us, because of what we eat and because of what we don't do. And I'm talking about eating junk food and not getting any exercise at all. Uh, disease sneaks up on us and we can't, you know, yeah, we're pushing 60 aside, but we can't just blame it all on aging. You know, we can't. Um, aging is wrinkles, you know. <laughs> aging is a sagging skin. Aging is reduced speed and and a little bit uh, reduction in our ability to balance ourselves. Uh, uh, but, you know, when your clarity of thought starts going and, and, and you're having this bizarre stinging sensation in your legs from neuropathy, um, when you're getting sores that don't heal, when you can't breathe well, when you've got sleep apnea, um, uh, excessive snoring because of obesity, uh, poor rest, you know, your body is fighting its very best to stay alive, and we need to give it the best medicine of all, and that is good, healthy food. And, 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 and good, healthy food in the right proportions. Um, you know, somebody told me just today, and I hate to argue with somebody that's 91, because he's done a lot more living than I, do, than I have. He said, I think the problem with today's society is... People are getting too much protein. And uh, I said, my friend, 
no, 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 no. If anything in the senior population, we're not getting enough protein and we're just getting too much sugar. And we're getting too many simple carbs. Um, we're not getting enough vegetables. Uh, and everything that we are eating, we're dousing with butter and, um, and salt and, and, and it's high fat and, and we're, we're just satisfying our taste buds. And in the meantime, uh, we're not feeding our body what it needs to heal itself. Um, you know, God gave us wonderful bodies. I mean, it's, it's just pure genius what our bodies can do when we treat them right. And, and I get to see the results of that in the classes I teach with senior citizens. I'm seeing people that could not lift their arms above their heads, you know, six, seven, eight months ago, who now can push dumbbells above their heads. This is significant. This is range of motion and mobility. And, but I still can't fix some of their eating because, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just as prone as anybody else is to eating convenience foods. And it's much easier to have a pizza delivered than it is to cook a pot of beans and some brown rice and, and, and uh, broil some chicken. You know, it just is. And, um, you know, and I've even had the argument, well, I can't afford fresh vegetables. And, 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 and somebody that's, that's looking me in the face and telling me that when they're eating out 12 times a week, you know, well, I know the cost of an average, uh, uh, you know, fast food meal. And it seems to be about anywhere from 6 to $8 these days. And you multiply that times 12, there's you $110 worth of money for fruits and vegetables and lean meats and and you know, if you're not buying a box of Fruit Loops and you're not buying a bag of Doritos and you're not buying a 12-pack of beer or, or a case of Coke or, or whatever it is, is that's your weakness foods, the money's there for the healthy foods. You know, it's just there. So my encouragement to you this week is before, before it gets too late to turn the tide on your health, uh, don't wait for the symptoms to keep stacking up because they're going to come. Uh, they're they're going to come if you don't take care of yourself, and and the thing about pushing sixty aside is we really honest to God in our heart of hearts we don't want to be at the mercy of others to take care of us because we got too sick and too frail and too weak to take care of ourselves. I don't want to have to have a um, a nursing home taking care of me or an assisted living facility uh, cooking for me. I, I don't want to lose the, the, the wonder of living in my own home with my little dogs and my little yard and, and you know, and, and, and life as I enjoy it now. And I don't want you to lose those things either. Uh, get serious. You know, get, sit down, you know, pray about this for crying out loud. Say, God, give me the strength and the wisdom and the insight and the and the willpower to eat healthy. And when I have excuses for why, well, I'd like to do that, but I just can't, you know, I, I need, I know I need to take these walks that Gene uh, talks about all the time, but I just don't like it. You know what, honey, I don't like it all the time either. But now I'm to the point where the benefits so far outweigh the inconvenience of it that it has become my lifestyle. And that's what I talk about all the time is lifestyle change. Change your lifestyle. Change your health. Be the first doctor. You be the first doctor. 
And when you're thinking about, well, I need to go see the doctor and see if he's got something for this ailment, uh, look in your refrigerator and in your pantry and say, what's in here that will help me get stronger, healthier, uh, fitter, more fit? <laughs> I hate saying the word fitter, but I use it sometimes. Uh, what can I eat that will improve my overall health, that will help my bowels work, that will, that's good for my heart? You know, when's the last time you ate a piece of salmon? You know, I'm not crazy about it, but I grill it and eat it and, you know, three or four ounces of that. And, you know, I've got those omega-3s that's going to help keep my blood flowing like it's supposed to. It's going to help my brain health. So, you know, it's a lot. I know it's a lot. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, I wasted 10 years of my life waiting for a pill to make me well. And I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And then I had to work for years to get my health back. These days, I'm on zero medications. I'm taking, and it's not because I'm just not taking them. It's not because I don't need them. I'm taking zero medications. Zero medications. I don't take Advil. I don't take Tylenol. I don't even take a baby aspirin. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, but there was a time when I was taking 800 milligrams of Advil a day, and there was a time when I had more prescription bottles in my cabinet than I did spice jars. You follow me on that? More prescription bottles and, and jars and things than, than you could shake sticks at. It was just, you know, and I kept believing for a long time that, you know, well, maybe this is the right combination and I will sleep well and I will go to the bathroom well and I will feel better and I won't be depressed and I'll feel rested and... And, and I will feel like writing again or playing guitar again. But no, I had to get really stupid sick. That's what I'm going to call that from now on. I had to get stupid sick before I started getting smart about this thing we call life. Until next time, this is Gene Fleming with the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. May God richly bless you this week.